It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, we dive into narcissism and the holidays. We discuss strategies and tips on how to set boundaries and manage your responses at Thanksgiving dinner. And John and I get into a heated debate over what's more important, the sides or the turkey. I have been waiting. I have been waiting for you. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I've got water, I've got coffee. Dr. Z uh, is apparently in the Look cast. Look at this coffee cup. That's amazing. That almost looks Isn't like a beaker. Cool? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. We finally made it to a Monday night almost on time. So, hey, we're getting better at that. That's very good. Uh, if you uh, are listening for the very first time, welcome. That is Dr. Z. I am JB. Uh, we like to talk about mental health, uh, specifically in the anxiety and depression department and certainly we uh uh, just dropped the podcast uh, this morning so if you didn't get a chance to hear that we went over the holiday blues and kind of figuring out the differences between that what uh, you know real deep depression could and 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 might be for you in the future and tonight we really wanted to focus on well some some of the similar themes around the holidays especially now that we're just a few days away from thanksgiving and i'm not overeating or drinking coffee uh late at night or you know, not doing any of those things that the normal stressors of <laughs> the holidays are around. So uh, uh, tonight is, is, is really focused on, you know, there's a lot of people that are involved in very narcissistic relationships that they <laughs> aren't uh, out of yet, that they uh, are sharing time with, you know, another uh, co-parent, as uh, I'm sure no one, Dr. Z, you, you don't know anything about that, right? Uh, as uh, <laughs> And... Uh, uh, we, uh, we know that it's really tough to try and find, you know, we were talking about uh, game planning last week and that's easy to do with a partner that like understands what's going on, but right. game planning with someone that doesn't know what's going on that you're trying to avoid at all times. That's a, that's a whole uh, different bag of bones. So, uh, Dr. Z when, uh, around the holidays, when we're dealing with, you know, maybe the transfer of, uh, of kids back and forth or multiple holiday parties or whatever it is, uh, what are what are some basic strategies that we can start thinking about around the holiday season if we're dealing with, the, if we're, or excuse me, if we're in a narcissistic relationship of any kind? Yeah, and I also want to touch on narcissistic in-laws too, because Ooh. I think that that's a big part of this also. Huge um, part, yes. So when you're dealing with a narcissistic partner, whether, I mean, it's going to look extremely different if you're married to them or with them versus co-parenting so i think those are two very different things um so let's start with while you're married to them because i want to talk about narcissistic in-laws which you won't necessarily encounter if you are divorced (laughs) hopefully well Uh, yeah maybe (laughs) they're probably still part of the equation in some regard but yes you're, you're probably right yeah um but so if you're if you're with somebody who is a narcissist or you think is a narcissist, and again, a narcissist is not an asshole. Narcissist is a whole different category altogether. Um, but when you're with somebody who is a narcissist and you're dealing with the holidays and how you're going to navigate dinner. So one of the things that, um, or even just the holidays in general, one of the things that happens oftentimes is I'll hear my patients say, I don't like going out with them socially because I never know what the hell they're going to do. I never know what they're going to say. I never know if they're going to get completely trashed and say something obnoxious. (laughs) Um, You know, they're embarrassed to be with them. 
and they don't know what they're going to do and they feel like they're constantly on damage control like kind of lookout almost so they're just, yeah. they're just constantly in damage control mode um so i know this is going to sound really difficult and you're going to kind of hear this and say she's out of her damn mind but let them do their thing let them do their thing mm. Mm. Here's why. Yeah. Because it is not your job, and this is part of the abuse cycle, right? It is not your job, even though you've been made to think this over time, to protect them. It's your job to protect you. Mm -hmm. It's not your job to protect them. So if they're going to lose their shit, let them lose their shit in front of God knows who. That is on them. And your efforts to protect them from themselves is part of the toxic cycle of abuse. It also sends the message to your kids, to whomever, that it's your job to protect the narcissist. It's not. And I guarantee you that if you're protecting them at holiday dinners, someone else there, parents, their parents, somebody in that parental unit is going to feel that it is their job to protect them as well. Oh, yes. Right? And you'll probably, as the spouse, probably an in-law, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, oh, honey, why are you overreacting? You know, it's not that bad. Or he didn't mean it. You know, I think you're just tired. And so these are the types of things that my patients often hear. And somebody said the screaming is so embarrassing. Yeah, it, it is. From the outside looking in, however, it's embarrassing for them. You may feel embarrassed because, yeah, it's embarrassing to have somebody screaming at you and losing their mind over you, but really it's embarrassing for them. And you need to sit with that discomfort of being embarrassed because the alternative is trying to minimize the situation, which usually means apologizing for something you didn't do. Mm -hmm. um, apologizing for the other person and taking on the disaster that they've caused and doing damage control. You mm -hmm. know, and for those of you that are married to narcissistic partners or have narcissistic partners, you know what I'm talking about. That all hell will break loose and then you need to do damage control. Mm -hmm. And they just leave the pieces for you to pick up. So it's important that you don't pick up the pieces. Um, well, yeah, and it, it, yeah, everybody sees it. Let them see it. Well, well that was I, I, that's a that's a good question from Lynn because that was from my head to uh, yeah. to her fingers there. Like I sometimes from experience, like I don't, I'm I'm not sure if every everyone sees it. So maybe I I don't I don't know if that's uh, you know because everybody sees what them lose their mind. Oh yeah, and how embarrassing it is for them, and not necessarily like you know. Oh, people, people think it's embarrassing. For yeah. If, I mean, if you're, if you're asking who's going to, from the outside looking in, who's the one that should be embarrassed, it's the one that's screaming and yelling for no reason. Um, and you need to keep that in mind. That if you're at a holiday dinner and something very benign happens mm -hmm. and your partner flips out, freaks out, starts screaming, it looks weird. You have to remember that you're so sucked into the pattern, you're so sucked into the cycle, that you're not realizing how odd it is. Mm 
-hmm. You know, when I've been with patients who bring their significant other in, or just even friends where they have this, you know, a, a narcissistic exit, or, you know, or before it was an ex, and you, and you see it happen, you're kind of like, well, wow. You know, and, and even though I've been dealing with, with patients who have been experiencing this, and I've been doing this for a long time, when I see it happen in my office, or even if I see it happen with a friend, you know, or hear, you know, friends that are separated, separated, and I hear it, and I'm like, holy crap, you know, like, <laughs> wow, it's still, and this is me having done this for years, it's still so bizarre to watch, because it's so disconnected from reality. Mm -hmm. And even though it feels uncomfortable and it feels like you are embarrassed and it feels like everybody's looking at you, I promise you it looks as bizarre as it feels. Mm -hmm. Just remember that you're stuck in the cycle and you've lost perspective on how weird and bad it looks. You're, you know, you're so used to having to pick up the pieces that you've lost perspective. Um, so that's why I'm saying, let it happen. Yeah. And just let it happen. Cause then what, I mean, and, and at some points you're hoping that, you know, is it a, a good idea to seek kind of peace of mind from everyone else that sees this going on? Or you're just like ignoring the entire room as well like everybody else's reactions everybody else's emotions Let, and mean, things you like can't that control what other people do if other people right. are going to try to calm them down they're trying to calm them down because it's so outlandish you're trying to calm them down because you're embarrassed mm -hmm. there's a difference the the underlying function of why you're trying to keep the peace is very different than why other people at the table are trying to keep the peace they're trying to keep the peace because the response is so disproportionate and it's kind of, because you have to remember a lot of times outsiders, even close family, may not know what's going on behind closed doors with a narcissist. So for them to see this behavior, um, some of them, it may it may be new, you know? It may, right. it may be like, you know, oh, this is what we've been hearing about or, you know, oh, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. Let them deal with it. You have no control over what other people are going to do or say. All you can control is your own response. And your own response in those situations should really be to let them unravel. And then what's the, what's the next steps kind of after that in terms of, okay, they've, they've unraveled, they've done their thing, things have settled, not settled, however it goes, like, do you just kind of, well, I mean, think Proceed about it. What's, what's the normal course of action? What usually mm -hmm. happens? What usually happens after they unload, they unravel? What, what, what usually happens? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They try and have a private conversation with you in the corner. I, have not, I don't really know. I mean, think about it. When, if you're not in public and they yeah. lash out and they do the thing, what, what usually happens later? Oh, you, you talk about it, right? I mean, that's... There's no talking. No, there's no talking about it. What usually happens with a narcissist? Anyone want to take a guess after they kind of unload? There's no rational conversation to have with them. So what is usually the cycle? What usually happens after there's a blow-up argument? Oh, uh, yeah, that they're, they're blaming you. <laughs> yeah, but what, right they blame it? you and all that. But then what, what, what's, what's the next part that comes? Uh, see, we got uh, silent treatment as a as a guest here. They calmly explain why it was your fault. 
They fake apologize. They acknowledge correct. Uh, uh-huh. Aha. Lynn, circle so gets a there's, square. There's usually, you know, the argument, the blaming, all of that stuff. But th- that's part of the blow up stuff. Mm-hmm. The after is the usually some sort of apology, which means nothing, or they wake up the next morning as if nothing ever happened. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so there's a couple things that happen after that bluff. You can predict that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can predict what's going to happen after they absolutely blow up. It's predictable. They're going to blow up. They're either going to apologize. You know, people are saying gaslighting and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I'm including that in the blow up argument. They're going to blame yeah. you. They're going to this. They're going to that. Fine. I'm not minimizing it, but but that's what's going to happen. What the what happens after that is either the fake apology or it's as if nothing ever happened. And that's why I say don't waste your energy trying to rationalize, justify, explain, accept blame because it doesn't mean anything. It, it's it's you know it's the peanuts characters and want want when the teachers talk <laughs> want 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 that yeah. there's no point. Um and so you know, this is what I work on with people are these strategies to manage these difficult interactions if they're staying in the relationship. One of the things that is the most infuriating for their partners is when they wake up the next morning where they get in the car and it's as if nothing happens or they get on the airplane the next day to fly home as if, as if nothing happened. Yeah. And you're still playing catch up <laughs> because you're still, you know, just your head's just spinning because of what you just experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're looking at them like, what? Like you're over this already? Yes, they're over it already. And there literally is no point for you to rehash it right. with a narcissist. With somebody who's not a narcissist, absolutely. Rehash it, talk it out, explain why it's not your fault, explain why it hurt your feelings. But with a narcissist, they're literally Literally is nothing you can say that's going to get them to care, that's going to get them to stop the cycle, and that's going to get them to apologize and mean it. Mm-hmm. They'll apologize if they want sex. They'll apologize if they want you to make them dinner. They'll apologize to you if they need something. They'll apologize to just kind of make themselves look good because they know you're seeing your parents the next day. They don't want you to be upset because they don't want to look like a bad guy. Right. There's a million different reasons. But my point is that whether or not you calm them down or not is going to make zero difference in the cycle happening again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Is there any way to use that exact situation to your advantage like you've done all those steps you've ignored pretty much everything you've talked to somebody that you can fight in uh uh, the the eat well block made a funny comment it's like yeah uh so where's the coffee or like whatever just on to the next thing that's right so how 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 emotionally or whatever it is can you use that to your advantage for i don't know the the next steps in that or is that just okay you've Won that small battle on to the next thing. You know, it's not about winning small battles. If, yeah. you're, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and, you, and you're choosing to stay in it, it, it's not a matter of winning battles because they will never 
they will never. The battle remains the same every single yeah, time. Yeah, never it's not going to change. Win anything. So yeah. it's it's more about I work with people on how to manage a particular situation by situation by situation, and how to set boundaries and how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So that they personally walk away not feeling exhausted and drained. So that they can put that energy and effort that they used to put into trying to explain, justify, rationalize, stop, right. encourage, you know, reinforce all this stuff and put it towards something else that they enjoy that they get pleasure out of. Put it towards their job. Put it towards, you know, their kids. Put it towards themselves. Put it towards working out. Put it towards something else. Um, but there's literally no advantage to engaging them. So when you say, how do you use that to your advantage? Well, you take the energy that you would have wasted trying to do something about it. Yeah. And instead put it towards things that you enjoy so that you're not exhausted and worn out and too tired to go work out and too tired to go to work, too tired to concentrate. Cause you're yeah, constantly spinning that plate of, and fill fill in whatever right. void that they need you to fill at all all particular times and that's yeah right. that's uh that's a uh, again fantastic advice of just it's uh, really, if you're not going to leave yeah then that's the way you have to approach it you have to approach it situation by situation boundary by boundary with the understanding that there's literally nothing you can do to win make it better there's only strategies that you can put in place to to make yourself feel better in the situation with someone that's never going to change. Yeah. Cause remember like this whole process, part of it, as you're still trying to figure out whatever the next step is, obviously, you know, you're staying together or hopefully you're staying together for a reason just outside of the relationship, whether that's kids, whether that's just, you know, taking care yeah, of other yeah, family members. No. You know, people say one of the reasons I'm saying for the kids, let me, let me, let me just put this out there. Sure. Okay. Staying with a narcissist for the kids means the following. Now, if you can't leave because if there's a financial issue or they're threatening to kill the kids or kill you, you know, I understand that that makes it complicated. I get mm -hmm. that. But let me just kind of give my two cents on why saying that you're going to stay in the relationship for the kids when you're dealing with a narcissist is actually hurting your children because basically kids model what they see and mm -hmm. so they're going to come with come out of this with the internalized message whether you realize you're giving it to them or not that there's no such thing as boundaries when your feelings are getting hurt there's no mm -hmm. such thing as um boundaries when somebody is berating you you know there's no such things as putting your needs first your needs don't matter and it's okay to squash somebody else's needs so like this is the message that they're internalizing you know and it could go either way it could you know it, it could go if you look at it on a continuum it could you know they could model more of the narcissist except they could model more of the dependence that you you don't know but they're going to model that relationship and they're going to take messages from it. So if mm. you leave, what you're teaching them is that you're not going to stand for this type of behavior. You're not going to let somebody treat you like this. You're actually showing your children a healthy response 
Um, you know, and I know that's hard to hear and I know that's hard to do. And I'm not telling everyone just pick up and leave, you know, mm -hmm. but I just want you to keep that in mind that staying for your children in a narcissistic, abusive relationship is not helping them. Yeah. And that's a, um, fantastic reminder too. Uh, and, um, seeing the, you know, before and after effects of all that stuff. And, and that's, I would say that's certainly true. And for a lot of the times we've been just having conversations with uh, Dr. Z, I feel as though, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you put an age limit on that type of uh, uh, behavior, right? Like when you like eight years old or whatever it is, if you don't get to that narcissistic behavior by then, there really is no changing it as well. So there's also a good I mean, chance. I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't work with kids, so I don't like right. feel comfortable saying that, but, um, but somewhere, you, you somewhere around see, there. I mean, you yeah. can see how things are forming and showing up and things like that, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean, I mean, they're still so young at that point that you still can kind of reshape, but it, you can kind of see, you know, personalities start to develop around that age, but I, I would yeah. never, diagnose an eight-year-old with narcissism oh no yeah. yeah and i'm sorry if i was trying to imply yeah, no, that i, mean, I, I just really mean the, the, the behaviors and all yeah. that stuff as you're saying are that's going to be that you know kids are going to learn that like sponges anyway but um, yeah, yeah. you you could yeah. also just be contributing to that behavior as well just to, just trying to emphasize your point that like even though it is a positive thing in your mind that you're trying to do yeah. by protecting the kids Correct. you might be harming their long-term Right. You know, effects down the and road. And it's not with any in. malicious intent. It's not like no. I'm going to purposely stay in this and harm my children. They genuinely no. believe they're doing the right thing for their kids. Um, but that's part of the abuse cycle. Yes. And that's, uh, hey, and if that's, if that's you, if that sounds like you when we're discussing a lot of this, whether you're watching or listening to us on the podcast, like certainly keep that in mind. And um, if you're also listening for the first time, and this is the session that you have clicked on, we, this will be our 24th session overall. And if you want to deep dive further into what we're talking about, or just in terms of narcissism, and you haven't really understood the, the principles and standards of, of that, uh, plenty to plenty to go back into and, and kind of get uh, a better standard of knowledge on, on some of those things. And, you know, again, tonight we're speaking about um, the holiday season in particular and how to kind of just navigate some of this stuff. Uh, a lot of Dr. Z's messaging is trying to play that ultimate 4D chess game to make your life better and get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. Uh, and uh, one, you know, and just getting back to what you were talking about there uh, about just kind of dodging some of these things and being like, okay, finding that happiness. How do you do that uh, along if you're, if you have children in this situation as well, where, you know, you're trying to maybe even, protect their goodwill while, while if there is an embarrassing blow up or you can expect some of those things coming, what should you prepare for in terms of, you know, that side? Like uh, you're not worried about the room, but you might be worried about your kids during a blow up or however that kind of goes on. What are some I mean, it things to think their, about? It depends on their age, but yeah. you know, if they're older, you know, you have to go with the assumption. And I think it's safe to go with the assumption that, that they've seen this a million times before. Mm-hmm. So it's not as unfortunately shocking to them. This is what right. mom does, or this is what dad does. And, you know, you can always kind of prep them ahead of time and say, you know, it's the holidays, it's stressful, you know, just keep in mind, this is something that may happen, you know, you can leave the room, or you can, you know, go to the bathroom, you mm -hmm. can, you know, come stand near me, you can go stand near grandma, you can, you know, um, 
you can say, even like say you're sick and you want to go home. And there's a million different mm. ways. It depends on the kid's age. Are they driving? Can they just leave if they want? I mean, there's a lot of different things, but it's definitely not going to be the first time or the last time they're going to see something like that. So they're actually more used to it and not as shocked by it, unfortunately, than you would think they would be, right? As it, compared to somebody who's never seen it before and is seeing it for the first time, the kids are, are, are not gonna be shocked by it. They'll be mm -hmm. embarrassed, they'll be sad, they'll be scared, all of those things. And I think those are the things that you, you address. Um, but again, you, know, you don't make apologies for mm -hmm. the narcissist and you don't make apologies to your kids for the narcissist because that again takes away their accountability and you want to give your children the message that 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 their parent is accountable for their own behavior mm -hmm. you know you don't want to i'm so sorry you know you you, you don't want to i'm so sorry for mom or, i'm so sorry for dad you don't you don't need to say that to them you know you can say, i'm sorry that you need to see this i'm sorry you need to go through this but don't take accountability of the other person's actions yeah that's a uh, um Always. Yeah. Cause that's just leading into the other stuff that we were uh, just talking about earlier with, you know, accepting blame for things that yeah. you had no control over and it's yeah. totally not your fault anyway. And just yeah. lending your hand to, you know, lessening the conflict for later on or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, that's always, always a, a great place to, uh, to start, um, especially around the holidays. And I know those are coming up for a lot of us and that's why we want to keep this, nice and short and sweet and jam packed with as much information as possible because, you know, we want to try and get as many out uh, during this holiday season. And uh, certainly uh, Dr. Z, just phenomenal information as always uh, while we're doing these lives. And uh, you can always follow her on Instagram uh, as we're watching this now, uh, Dr. Z underscore psychologist and just uh, Dr. Z psychologist on the Twitter.com. Is that right again? Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, you can follow me at John Barchard uh, right here, as you've seen on Instagram. Same thing on Twitter as well. It's B-A-R-C-H-A-R-D. I always keep my DMs open at any time for any questions that you guys might have and certainly anything to bounce out for Dr. Z's noggin is, is always welcome. Um, any um, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we get out of here, Dr. Z, for session here 24 and obviously looking forward to session 25 but uh um, happy thanksgiving first and foremost if we don't talk to one another yes you too you too <laughs> um any last thoughts um we'll talk about in-laws next week because i want to make sure we get to that um and i think you know just keep in mind even though it is the holidays mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that your boundaries with a narcissistic partner should change at all Right, like you still need to maintain the same boundaries, the same behaviors, um, you know, all of that as if it was just another day because, mm -hmm. um, you know, the holidays are stressful. The holidays cause a lot of anxiety. A lot of stuff comes up. There's alcohol involved. So, you know, if you have a partner who's narcissistic and also drinks, it can get extremely ugly. You want to make sure that you're safe. First and foremost, you want to make sure that you're safe. You know, if somebody's throwing dishes and throwing glasses and throwing chairs and swinging and, you know, you, you get out, you know, don't, don't, yes. you know, don't worry about anything else other than getting out and staying safe. Assuming that you're safe, then you start to kind of set the boundaries in, not take accountability, not try to reason with them, rationalize with them, apologize for them. Um, it's literally the same thing I would tell you to do at any other point at any other time in any other week mm -hmm. or day. Um, it's the same exact format. 
right? Because if you look at their behaviors, their behaviors are exactly the same, whether they're here or there, or what, it doesn't matter. It's the same stuff. So how I teach people to manage it on a Monday afternoon is exactly how you're going to manage it at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, same thing. Do not go in expecting it to be different or better mm -hmm. just because it's Thanksgiving. Yes. Right? That is if somebody always acts like an asshole on Thanksgiving and they've always acted like an asshole on Thanksgiving. Manage your expectations going in, not based on what you hope will happen, but based on what is more likely to happen. Because this way you go in prepared and you go in um, without that kind of shock value and anxiety behind it. So if you know, a red flag rookie is always an asshole. <laughs> Don't go to Thanksgiving dinner hoping he's not going to be. Just go in knowing he will be. And that way you feel a little bit more in control of your own responses. Um, Behaviors and actions, not words, always. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so that would be my, my two cents. And I know, um, yeah, and I, you guys can go back through, like John said, through all the previous um, podcasts and you know, hear this up on narcissism to get a better background and understand some of the boundaries that you know we've been talking about. Um, Especially if this yes. sounds like you. <laughs> yes. you know, if, it's, if you're, you feel like we're in your headspace right now, you're like, oh boy, yeah, that yeah. sounds, uh, let's, let's go through some of those for sure. Um, I do want to say this, a uh, uh, totally Thanksgiving related, as uh, I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving that's listening and watching. Um, my biggest turkey take is if you don't like turkey at Thanksgiving, and if you think that's not the star of the show, I am so sorry, but whoever's cooking for you is not a good cook. And that's unfortunate. And if you ever want to come over to my house and learn how a proper turkey is cooked, it should be the star. Please just don't go for the sides. You know, can we have some respect for the disagree, damn bird on the table? Completely. Please, 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 please. And if it's if it is not the star of the show, then you have cooked the wrong turkey. And we have no. got to stop this hate towards turkey as it's like I the worst thing about Thanksgiving. It's the best part of the show. No, disagree. From when it comes out of the oven to the stuffing, midnight sandwich. If you have horrible stuffing and mashed potatoes, it doesn't matter what kind of turkey you have. It's done. <laughs> That's it so not true. It doesn't matter. Mashed you can make mashed potatoes any day. It goes with anything. It goes with chicken. It goes with steak. It goes. Well, kind of goes with fish. But, like, you know, I mean, can we just enjoy? Yeah, everybody, come on in. Exactly. Yes. Totally I see everybody. Great. Kim, let's go. Let's let's have a you and I are going to have a turkey off at some point in the next year. And you're going to take. Yeah. No, trust me. I see people in there. Stuffing is important. It. I have no idea how to cook a turkey. Oh, oh, well, see, this is this is a prime example. Prime example, people right here. The, the judge and jury that can't can't even come into the realm of cooking a turkey is all about the sides for a reason. So uh, my, my thank you, ladies and gentlemen yeah. uh, of the jury. And Thanksgiving can now uh, resume comfortably with everybody. Yeah. Also, I never use ketchup for anything other than meatloaf. And those are my takes for this evening. Uh, I, I hope that uh, everyone has an you know enjoyable Thanksgiving. Doing? This is like when my patients drop, like my patients always like tell me something <laughs> really like, shocking as like they're walking out the door that's what you exactly you you ah <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss uh lots more well i mean we have so many so many days of holiday stuff to talk about that i'm yeah, sure done this turkey conversation oh yeah no we're we've just begun in, yeah. in fact the war is the war is down the flag has been planted so dr z thank you as always again dr z underscore psychologist uh on instagram dr z psychologist on twitter 
John Barchard on both platforms. And we will see you again on Monday night. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.